0: Out of Oklahoma City, you're listening to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where movies are more than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. The Good Trash Genre Cast is a member of the Good Trash Media family. For more information, go to goodtrashmedia.com. They're talking about you, boy, but you're still the same.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Trash Gendercast. We are in the thick of our dead center coverage, and we are still recording our regular shows. We are exhausted. But we love you. But we love you so much, and we are here. No, we really have the thunder. I was just kidding with the low energy thing. We're we have the thunder to bring to you right here and right now because we are so excited to be talking about the Paul Walker. We're so excited. Excuse you. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm faking the energy, man. Let me. Well,
2: p- no, I mean you can fake the energy, but the whole quote excitement unquote thing is what I'm quibbling about.
1: That's a fair point. We're looking at Paul Walker's Running Scared, uh, which is uh, mm-hmm. a, a movie about um, Arthur Gordon. When he sees a spider And uh, True story True story And uh, so we're very 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 excited Based on true events uh, To be talking about that But we must first Identify the disembodied voices Speaking to all of your brains To my left sir Who are you?
0: I am Arthur Gordon And I don't have a quote From this movie
1: Excellent That's good Um, We're okay with less Of this movie In this podcast Yes Uh, Moving on in the corner uh, Who are you sir?
3: My name is Dalton Stewart uh, And uh, Literally just say the F word. Uh. Are you ashamed
2: of yourself, <laughs> Mr. No, Host Picker?
3: No, no. Well,
2: that's okay. I'm
1: I'm not. I have no shame. That's a fair point. Uh, the female voice who's been speaking already, identify yourself, ma'am.
2: One Nike gym bag, 60 bucks. One Nokia cell phone, 100 bucks. One, te- one ounce Simtex, 500 bucks. Getting rid of a dirty cop fucking priceless (laughs) see just
3: assume that there's an f-word in the line
2: and my name is alexandra bohannon
3: god that's such a dated reference
2: one nokia (laughs) cell phone well no the uh dollar dollar
3: dollar priceless oh yeah
2: that was a meme before memes were memes that's a fair point yeah
0: damn
1: my name's dustin Sells, and i'm here and uh, I'm so glad to be talking about this movie, um, or, well, I'm glad to talk to you, dear listener. We love you very much, and uh, so we're going to do this thing. Now, we've got to warn you, dear listener, this is not a review show. It is an analysis show. And that means that we will be spoiling the film as though you would watch it. and uh, we will but before we get into that spoiler territory, we're going to have synopsis from our voice of the cinema. We'll have our quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews. Once we get into our game, there is a possibility of spoilerific is there. And then finally, we will be spoilers ahead and ahoy when we get to the business time section, which is our analysis. You have been warned. Mr. Arthur Gordon, voice of the cinema. Let's hear that synopsis now, please.
0: A low-ranking thug is entrusted by his crime boss to dispose of a gun that killed corrupt cops, but things get out of control <laughs> when the gun ends up in wrong hands.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That happens in the movie. And, um, yeah. So, okay. Let's hear those quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down reviews, and uh, what everyone thinks. Dalton, you picked this movie, so I'm gonna go to uh, you first.
3: I'm so sorry. Um, He's all in. He can't He can't recant anything. Uh, I'm I'm not going to apologize for making you guys watch this. Bullshit. I'm not going to apologize for making you guys watch this, because I do think it is a fascinating film. Um, It is not good. Um, I will actually say this. It's really competently made. It's just too made. Um, There there are some really interesting stylistical flourishes in this film. Uh, They're just too... Too much. This film's trying very hard. Um, my, my my joke about the f words. Uh, you know, I, I'm not one that has a problem with swearing. I'm part of the reason this show has an explicit tag on iTunes. Correct.
2: You
1: are uh, pretty much the reason. Yeah.
3: Correct. correct. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, That's <laughs> you're said, not, and it's fine. Uh, you're right. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, I, I am sorry that this film feels the need to say fuck so much because literally. I would say probably seventy percent of all lines delivered by characters in this film involve at least one utterance of the word "fuck." Usually, at least four. Um, And it's just—it's a film trying very hard to be edgy, and that's always embarrassing. Um, It's not like when a a David Ayer screenplay has a lot of f words in it, and you're like, "Well, that's how cops and military people talk." Like, so it, it lends an air of authenticity. In this, it just comes across as like. Trying hard, and that's that's embarrassing. Nobody likes that. Uh, I, I I will say uh, I think Paul Walker uh, gives a really great performance in this film. Um, he's not a great actor, um, but he's a good presence on screen. Uh, he's there are moments where his performance is again trying very hard, but he is definitely in every scene committed, uh, which I think is good. Uh, it, you know, it's it's nice to. I mean, if, uh, an actor who is most known for driving cars fast, um, and Furious. Uh, I'm, Boo!
1: Oh, yes, <laughs> I am funny.
3: Um, but you know, that's kind of what he he is known for. And and, and now that he is uh, passed away, we're we're not going to get to see anything else uh, from him career wise. So it is it is nice to kind of have this artifact of him doing some acting i mean it's it's not i mean there is uh, some violence in this a lot of violence in this film uh but it's not an action film strictly speaking um so so it is nice uh i, I definitely could have probably been better with a, a stronger lead performer um but you know what you've got Vera famiga who's a fantastic actress in here and uh doesn't 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 really matter uh, as it turns out you got chaz palmitary also a, a fa- fantastic performer doesn't really matter. Um, you've got, uh, oh, son of a bitch, the actor playing the Russian dad, whose name escapes me, but I really uh, like that actor a lot. Um, doesn't matter. Um, he's actually my favorite thing in this movie. Uh, he's a piece of shit, but he's one of the most fascinating characters. Lord
1: Denethor from Lord of the Rings, um, if you're trying to figure it out, you're listening. Yeah.
3: Carl Roden uh, is the actor that plays Oleg's dad. Um, he He's Rasputin in Hellboy, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, I like Carl Roden a lot, and he's really good in this movie. Um, he he plays a bastard quite well. Um, and I think that's the most interesting thing about this film is the um, what it has to say about fathers and sons. I think there's some really interesting stuff going on there. But yeah, it's it's a weird fucking movie, guys. It's bad. It's trying very hard. Um, this is very clearly a film that exists in the wake of... Of uh, Tarantino. Um, a lot of these films were coming out in the late 90s, um, you know, in the wake of Pulp Fiction. And this one, for some reason, you know, exists all the way into 2005. So uh, it, it is kind of weird uh, that this film actually, I want to say what 2006, yeah, 2005, I picked the movie and I don't even remember 2006. Um, it, it is very much a mid-aughts film that is trying to be the stylistic uh, violent crime movie. And it's not good. It, it, it reminded me... I was talking about this with Alex. Uh, it reminds me of an episode of American Horror Story uh, where they just like are throwing buckets of paint on the wall, just grabbing everything to see what will stick because there's so many weird subplots in this movie that are of little to no consequence. Uh, but again, I, I am going to go ahead and stand by 15-year-old Dalton's taste. I think this is an interesting movie. Um, I can definitely see why I like this movie when I was 15. Um, there is a cool shootout in a hockey rink. You see Veer from Migas Bush. I understand why 15-year-old Dalton liked this movie. <laughs> it doesn't make it good, but I think it's an interesting film.
1: righty, well, um, and to correct, dear listener, I was referring to uh, that actor you were referring to, his uncle or father.
3: Um, oh Carl is, Roden's Yeah yeah, yep. it's
1: played by Denethor uh, Whoever that is I was about uh, to say I was like I
3: don't think he's old
1: enough To be that guy Yeah but no fair enough uh, But thank you for um, The double down Dalton Trump uh, We appreciate that Very I, very much I said it's not good yeah. What more do you want from me I, I, to, to speak the truth <laughs> It's not good Tell the truth <laughs> Tell the truth <laughs> Tell the truth <laughs> So uh, anyway uh, Thank you very much For that Mr. Dalton Stewart Ms. Alexander Bohannon correct the record
2: <laughs> i didn't like this movie i don't want to watch it again
1: excellent well thank you very much for that Ms. alexander bohannon mr arthur gordon what do you have to say in terms of review, of review? man it was rough uh yeah i'm mean, so sorry
0: yeah like dalton said i mean it, it's trying way too hard to be cool or hip or edgy it, it does feel like a 90s movie um You know, I don't care for many of the performances. Um, Paul Walker's fine when he's not just screaming, you know, the F word and at people Mm -hmm. that he's going to kill them. Um, I don't like the kid that plays Oleg. Uh, Vera Farmiga is wasted, like Dalton mentioned. Um, I, you know, there are plot points in this that should be like, you know, at least somewhat built up or surprising, but they're just kind of nonchalantly glossed over all the plot twists towards the end. They don't matter. Um, There's no real frame of reference for them being interesting or exciting. Uh, I think that, you know, you know, like you said, it's way, you know, what'd you say? It's too flashy. Uh, it's flashy, but it's too flashy. Yeah, it's it's full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that was Dustin's review on Letterboxd. You know, it's like, wh- let's take every effect and tool and trick that we know and let's yeah. throw it on film.
3: And some of them are well used. They just don't work cohesively within the film. Like the, the filmmaker knows like what those things are supposed to look like and he executes them well enough. I, his name is escaping me at the moment cuz he hasn't really done anything other yeah. than this. Um yeah, it just uh, like the yeah, it, it's there's we're going to have a, a black light shootout on a hockey rink. That's dope as fuck, but it doesn't mean anything.
0: Right? Yeah. Uh I a lot of the stuff is really absurd and, and kind of pointless. The uh there's some stuff in the hockey rink that's just super absurd including a torture scene. Um mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think this movie would have fared better if it was either it was either Joey's story completely or it was Oleg's story completely. But mixing the two, I think it loses its balance uh, because Joey's story is kind of in this real world crime, you know, revenge story. But Oleg's is this kind of weird, dark fantasy story. You mentioned the fairy tale on your letterbox review and he's meeting all these weird. Bump of the night he's, he's re-
3: meeting a blue fairy and uh, Rumpelstiltskin stiltskin and uh, the, the evil witch that lives in the gingerbread house yeah he he I want to see the movie about Oleg man I don't give a f- fuck about joey yeah. gazelle i think joey gazelle way more interesting as a tertiary uh white knight character of some sort with the, the story about Oleg's journey through the dark forest
2: well i mean he could be if you're going to the kind of um parable type structure he is the huntsman he is oh yeah, the, there we um, yeah. he's the guy that cuts open uh the wolf and pulls out uh red riding hood and the granny you know like yeah. he's yeah. the hunter and all that
3: and that's a much more interesting movie i agree arthur
0: yeah uh, and so i i i think that's the thing it's it's a movie that's trying way too hard to be cool and edgy and i think that's its biggest downfall um you know i was reading about this and they had wanted some other actors you know in the lead they had wanted mads mickelson to be the neighbor which i would have loved to have yeah, seen what sure. yeah. yeah
2: i want that movie i read that
0: too uh, yeah. i'm um, bitter now uh, carl Roden does poor, real well in this. he though. does he
3: does but mickelson
0: yeah mickelson's uh, uh, yum uh the stuff with uh, Carl's character, the Russian father uh stepfather towards the end of the film is so on the nose at the hockey rink uh, oh my God it's just I know. way too on the nose uh, so overall it's yeah not not a fan two thumbs down two if thumbs you will down Mr. thank you Ebert
1: very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. what I want to say in terms of review is I'm angry to have watched this film <laughs> I am yep. Okay, so there are a lot of great sort of action films that really want to make excellent use of style. The rundown comes to mind, but brother, pick a lane pick a lane of a style and then be very stylistic in the way you tell your story. Also, get a screenwriter. Like, you know, someone who's literate, who knows words and how to form letters into words other than just, you know, spelling four-letter words that are um, (laughs) single syllabic uh, (laughs) adverbs, adjectives, and verbs Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the film. Mm -hmm. Also, do not take one of my favorite movies, The Cowboys, and then try to structure your film around it and then do it poorly. Do not (laughs) play this game. We should have just watched the Cowboys. Uh, oh, the Cowboys yeah. is great. that would
2: have been great. The Cowboys
1: I, is a great fucking movie. Find I still it, haven't forgiven Leave Marvin for killing John Wayne. But. That was
2: really, that like part of it was really interesting. It's the most
1: interesting, yeah.
2: The, the, I mean, the whole, I'm telling the story about the eight millimeter mm-hmm. um, re, film reels that are abbreviated and that, that sounded really interesting too. But yeah, why? it's all of, all
3: of Oleg's stuff is like really interesting. And then there's this not particularly great uh, movie going on around it.
1: In conclusion, if you are going to do a film in which we follow around an item and the persons who are around that item, then do it. Don't do it, sort of, and then mostly pick two of the stories out of the possible six. This is a failure on every level, and it is a movie that I would like to burn in hell immediately. I'm done. I'm sorry, guys.
2: I think this is everyone's tentative... uh Hebrew Hammer. At least it's mine. I don't know about anyone else, but...
0: I was going to say, I don't fault Dalton for this pick, because we do need nominees for the Hebrew Hammer. No, no, no.
2: Like, and don't get me wrong, my host pick, you guys are probably going to be mad at me, too, so... Uh, And
0: again, in my defense, uh, I wanted
3: something that was going to be easy for everybody to watch. You know, we've all got a lot going on right now. It's on Netflix, and honestly, I was like, oh, I've been meaning to rewatch this because I liked it when I was, you know, a freshman in high school. Right. And now I I see why.
2: No, I mean... it. Yeah, you're right. It gets back to the mission of the Good Trash genre cast. We watch genre movies. They don't all have to be high art exemplary pieces of their genres in which they take place in. I totally get it, but I can still really not like the fact I watch this True. movie.
3: I think I was more plugged into this than I was Lost Boys, though. No, that's fair. Okay. I, I checked, yes. As much as I like Lost Boys, I because I, I think Lost Boys is... Uh, Undisputedly, a better movie than this. Yes, I also checked out a lot. Yes. yes, this movie has got so much going on for better and worse that it's kind of hard to check out of it.
2: It's really weird because this has a two-hour runtime, and Lost Boys clip. is a one and a half. Feels feels and longer. they feel, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Lost run, Boys at least feels running thirty minutes longer. Is that a good clip? Uh, I mean, it's not a good movie. But it you know, it, it
1: chugs along well enough.
2: The plot is running scared. <laughs> <laughs> so I drop jokes.
1: So I guess I'll do something that makes me very, very uncomfortable and be nice to Dalton. And uh, <sniffs> suggest that yes, indeed, you you've done the right thing by picking this film. As Alexander points out, we are about applying analysis to films that don't deserve it. And this is a <laughs> certainly yep. an undeserving film.
3: Hey, very de- much hey. Not all heroes wear capes, Dustin.
1: Oh,
2: my God.
0: Okay. I'd be
2: strangling you if I were over there. Just a
0: guy with a microphone. (laughs) I I am officially done being nice to Dalton. He puts his pants (laughs) on one leg at a time.
1: That's that's not true. I put them uh, on. Do you just jump in? Just jump right
3: (laughs) in.
2: Pull pull them straight up. You better believe
1: it. I wear mine three legs at a time. It's (laughs) kind of scary.
2: I feel like that could be Those are custom designed. Oh, oh! I took that penis. Yeah, no, I oh, know. Okay. I assumed he
3: was saying he had a huge hog. No, know? I
1: don't no, just be <laughs> but, uh, I'll take that. That, that pleases me. Uh, Moving uh,
0: right uh, along. I'm the only person uh, that pleases. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know
1: what, guys? we got to stop doing this because it's time to play the game.
0: Time to play the
1: game. Time to play the game. This week's game is movies you only watched to the finish because you had to podcast about them. (laughs) That's right. Movies you only watched to the finish because you had
3: to podcast about them. Brought to you by Running Scared. Running Scared. I was running scared to a better movie after I watched this.
2: Correct. I watched Back to the Future Part 2 after I watched this movie.
1: (laughs) Ugh! All right, so we're going to play that game. Um, Arthur, what are your picks?
0: Uh, first, foremost, uh, to know, you know, dissent. Uh, uh John dies at the end. Didn't like it. Didn't want to watch it. And here we are. I notoriously hated that movie when we did that episode. I was just the dissenter at the table. You
1: incorrectly hated
0: that Yeah, movie. he's wrong. I have I yet care.
2: to see it, and I've been wanting to, My and my best friend loves <laughs> the book, and Yeah. It's
0: an interesting movie. I have support. I have support in the room. Um, then I would also say, not because it's a bad movie, it's just not my thing, and that's Shane Cruz's Upstream Color. Uh, just It's just not my cup of tea, and so I probably wouldn't have normally finished that. I almost didn't finish it. I, I had to stop and watch it in parts, uh, to be fair. But uh, those would be my selections for movies I wouldn't get to the end to if it wasn't for having to do a podcast over them.
1: Thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Ms. Alexander Bohannon. What are your selections?
2: Goodness, my list is a lot longer than Arthur's. Um, well, mostly because I categorize them in in taste preferences and in quality preferences. So <laughs> There movies, is a distinction. There is a distinction because uh, The Devil's Rejects is arguably a good movie, but one I wouldn't have finished because it is just not in my taste-like uh, palate at all. Um, in terms of quality, I would say um, definitely... Wild Wild West, Nightbreed, Wormwood, uh, Daredevil 2003, Director's Cut, and In the Mouth of Madness are all films that have questionable quality that I checked in and out of and really don't want to see again. And then A Special Place in Hell is for Jack, because fuck that movie.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Thank you very much for that, Miss Alexander Bohan and Mr. Dalton Stewart. Let's hear your selections.
3: Uh, we, I'm kind of with Alex. I mean, there's movies that we've done for this show that I was like, God, this movie sucks so bad. Why am I watching this? Uh, but then there's other movies that, um, you know, just didn't really connect with me. Uh, but the first one I want to give a shout out to is Maniac, uh, which is a film that I actually adore. I, I think it's a great film. The Elijah Wood uh, remake of the '80s film. Um, you know, Dalton's a good point. Maniac was really tough to get through for me too, as well. And so, yeah, it's it's a hard watch. Um, but I- I'm glad that we did it for the show because it forced me to watch that movie, um, and I think it it really is an, an incredible film.
2: I there are a list of movies that I appreciate existing, like Maniac and uh, Antichrist, or. Yeah, Antichrist and uh, Cannibal Holocaust, among others, that I'm not going to watch. And I'm glad that they're there for other people to watch. But yeah.
3: No, that's perfectly fine. Um, I, I'm going to say Ghost in the Shell uh, recently. Um, I, I'm sorry. I could not have gotten through that movie. Uh, I, I'd seen it before. Um, and I, I, I remembered it fairly well at about 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, God, this is a piece of shit. I don't really like this at all. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I, got, I soldiered on through to the end because somebody that gave us money wanted us to talk about anime thanks brigham cole um for your donation <laughs> I, I, I still don't like anime <laughs> brigham has been trying, brigham has been trying to get me into anime for as long as we've known each other and um it just didn't work it yeah it did not work
2: dalton will watch any movie for money
3: um nextly uh, i want to mention uh some very very deep cut early uh episodes maniac was uh, a pretty early one but these are go back even further uh teen wolf was a uh, host pick of arthur's uh from that same year i think you're welcome Uh, piece of shit racist movie um and uh we did creep show for our very first october um it's not bad it's just anthology films are often wonky um I say I wouldn't have finished it, but uh, because it's an anthology, I almost certainly would have, because by the time you get bored, you're on to the next thing. Um, I'm glad I watched it. I don't feel like I, I would have had the strength to finish it. Uh, and lastly, uh, a film that I didn't finish watching, so I didn't come on the episode... Uh, and that was the legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even bother to start it. In fact, uh, that was one of uh,
2: that that th- is so valid. That's
3: one of less than uh, ten episodes of this show that I'm not on. And um, I was just like, yeah, I don't need to. Be okay, on. I don't need to I'm be glad to know
2: that there is another movie that could be in the running for Hebrew Hammer besides Running Scared. Uh, I,
3: I I mean, I don't know. I didn't see it. Uh, I just don't have any interest in it. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have gotten through uh, the Holy Mountain though. And I'm very glad for
1: that.
2: Yes, that that required lots of handholding from uh, Dustin Sells, a group watch, and I was high on cough syrup because I was sick. So, <laughs> which uh, is
1: probably the best way to watch yeah. that film. Yes,
2: yes, it was. <laughs> All righty. Well, my
1: selections. I must give a honorable mention for a uh, film I watched in order to write about it for our Dead Center coverage. Oh God, um, Black Mountain. I'm Poets so sorry. <laughs> is terrible. It's not funny, it's awkward and it's, you know, it's awkward funny is fine, mean funny is also fine but if all you're going to do is like, we're going to be mean to each other and be awkward with each other and keep the camera going way too long all the time and do nothing else and also like, you know, fail to exploit the beauty of Scotland. Um, Moving on uh, to actual films that we've seen Michael Bay, can we put him in the clink anyway but Bad Boys 2, Arthur (laughs) I had to watch that whole movie because we had to do a whole show and I wanted to die.
3: Arthur's got some, some pretty notorious host picks.
1: Yeah.
2: I really want to watch Bad Boys 2 only because it is referenced so heavily in Hot Fuzz. Just Just watch
1: Point Break. uh, Yeah. Okay. That's the good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Also, I must mention uh, an early film also in our uh, repertoire from the Good Trash Media Network uh, that is A Fish Called Wanda. I just was bored I didn't care.
3: I
2: really liked that movie, but I haven't seen it since I, I was fourteen. Uh, so I, I, I might
3: be with you, Dustin. I mean, uh, the things about it I, I liked, I liked a whole whole lot. But uh, I did check AKA out.
1: AKA
0: Kevin Klein. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Klein. It,
1: it isn't terrible, but I just didn't want to watch it. Yeah. I mean, and the whole time watching, it, I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I just, it, yeah, I had this sort of that sensation. That. So the, the, there's less vitriol and hate mm-hmm. towards that film. So you you can only serve thirty years. That's kind of how I felt about Creep game. Show. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like I don't want to. watch But guess
2: what? We're going to have to watch it again for our Patreon exclusive season one redux of the good trash genre cast that, that is correct oh god Ta-da! Oh
3: shit I forgot we're doing that also, <laughs> I gotta watch Hellraiser again <laughs> god
1: damn it also my next two picks um, Dalton yeah Bobby the faculty
2: Mm. <laughs> still wrong, you're still
3: wrong, Dalton.
2: I'm really looking forward to seeing it.
3: you're still wrong, equilibrium, equilibrium. yeah, <laughs> uh, that was the beginning of a of a beautiful rivalry, it, uh, yep, was it. those two movies
1: yeah uh, I don't know if, if if I don't like those movies as much as I just don't like Dalton, I can't decide which but, <laughs> no, um, no
3: oh, I'm gonna kiss you so hard <laughs>
1: <laughs> i I'm done being nice to anyone um, right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah those
3: are our first two fights on this show yeah that's, that's both accurate. of those movies yeah uh, uh and that's fair uh i
1: I get why you don't like them, you're wrong, but okay. I, I i get it Equally, hey, you know what they're both better than running scared. So so I want those directors thrown in the stockade, and just for kicks and grins, Dalton, too. Why not? Um, moving That's right along, belong. though, uh, thank you so much for listening to our gameplay, and we'd like for you to participate with us any way you possibly can, and you could do that maybe via those magical means that we all know as social media. Miss Alexander Bohannon, do you know anything about those social media means by which
2: conversations are held sure thing dustin you can find the good trash genre cast at goodtrashmedia.com. you can find us at facebook at facebook.com forward slash good trash media and you can find us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash gtm
1: Excellent. Thank you, Mitch. For that, Mr. Dalton Stewart, I believe there remains yet a means by which conversations could be held. Uh, that
3: is correct, Dustin. Uh, the Good Trash genre cast uh, is found on Twitter, at good underscore trash, uh, along with the rest of Good Trash Media. Uh, we do all of our updates uh, about everything going on uh, on goodtrashmedia.com, uh, at good underscore trash, including uh, Caleb alex and dustin's extensive dead center film festival coverage uh, while you're listening to this dead center is uh, over and done uh for the year but uh the coverage still exists on the website um if so if that's something that interests you you can go check that out uh, if that's something you're not interested in though uh there's a whole shitload of stuff over there uh so we we it quite well uh and when i say we i mean me occasionally uh, mostly I tweet things that uh, get me in trouble. Uh, but <laughs> Alex and Caleb uh, do a great job of keeping the world aware of what's going
1: on for Good Trash Media. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Guys, it's time to get down to business.
0: It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for business. It's business time. too.
3: Doing the dishes isn't part of the foreplay, but apparently doing the laundry is.
1: Oh, it is. It is indeed. Thank you very much for that. Mr. Dalton Stewart, thank you very much for that great bit of music. DJ, producer, co-host Arthur Gordon. Guys, the business time is analysis. I'm so excited to hear these words said by these people because they are all people I cherish, minus Dalton. And therefore, we are very, very thrilled to hear words about them. I'm going to go to you first, Dalton. What do you have to say? I'm sorry. (laughs) That's it. No, I'm kidding. It's not your fault, Will.
3: (laughs) Fuck you, man. Not you, man. Don't do this to me. It's not Uh, not your fault. It's not your fault, Will. Yeah, so I made you watch Running Scared. Um, And I couldn't really remember a lot about the movie. I I remember the basic plot more or less. Um, But I remembered it being weird uh, and liking it. And I don't really like it, but it is weird. Um, And part of what's weird about it is that it doesn't seem to understand um that Oleg's stepdad and Joey are the same person um and that just because one of them is uh capable uh and one of them is a meth addict does not make them one a better person uh cuz let's not make any mistakes about it Joey's a kind of a douchebag yeah uh, he's really mean to his his children Um, he's kind of uh, disrespectful towards his wife, Uh, he doesn't really seem to have much regard for anything, and he he seems to love these people, because... he beat up his dad with a baseball bat. He did. That's a cool story, though. That's the other cool story. Um, We'll get there. We'll get there. Give me a second. Okay. Uh, And that's the thing that I find really interesting, um, is this film has this ridiculous love for Joey, uh, when he's not all that different from Anzor, played by uh, Carl Roden. Uh, The only difference is Anzor's not good at you know fighting and shooting
1: because he's Uh, a tweaker yeah because he's a
3: tweaker exactly and he's too busy watching john wayne movies uh and yes uh joey is is somewhat more uh loving towards his uh wife and child Uh, but he has the same sort of uh dick entering the room 10 minutes before he does bravado um that just makes him not really seem to care for anybody he beats up a mechanic and lights him on fire for no particular reason other than that he's standing in his way of what he needs. And this is a guy that turns out to be an undercover FBI agent. This yes. is a man of the law yes. who just goes around accosting people and beating the shit out of them to get what he wants. And the film seems to think that he's somehow better than Anzor. Anzor has the much more selfless moment in this film, which is way too on the nose because it like directly references the cowboys that we've a scene we've seen in the movie. The filmmaker, Wayne Wayne Knight, who wrote and directed this movie, uh, I think that's his name, Wayne Kramer, Wayne Kramer, uh, feels the need to show us the scene where John Wayne's killed in the Cowboys, so he can then directly copy it at the end of the movie. That direct copy would work a lot better if we hadn't just watched it like 20 minutes ago. Also, if he left his shirt on and the image of John Wayne John wasn't Wayne. on his back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But again, Answer has the more heroic moment. He says, nope. Uh, I want to be John Wayne for one time in my fucking life. I'm going to stop doing meth and beating up my son, my stepson, and I'm going to I'm going to have this moment of uh, we've talked about this recently. Uh, I'm going to refuse the narrative of redemptive violence and I'm going to take on the violence upon myself. Uh and it's a great kind of beautiful moment. And then Joey kills everybody. Uh <laughs> and it's just weird. It's God, a it. it's so strange that the film thinks Joey is a good guy cuz he's not. He's a piece of shit. And Anzor is too. I'm not trying to say he isn't, but he has the more redemptive character arc. He has the more interesting character arc. Uh and I I think this film really buys into these myths of redemptive violence but also of toxic masculinity of saying, "Well, as long as you're beating up the right people, that still makes it okay." And that's not
0: correct. That's not correct. At all. Yeah, because he has the conversation with Oleg. He's like, "And you know, we don't want to shoot your stepdad, but wait until you're a few years older where you can go in and beat him with a baseball you can bat. cripple him with a baseball bat. Yeah. And again, it's, it's really a kind of a great
3: scene. Uh, it's probably the best acting, uh, the best monologue that Paul Walker's ever gotten uh, because it is this kind of really harrowing story, and we know it's him. He, it doesn't yeah. ever actually yeah. say it's Joey, which I think is an interesting, it's one of the only times this movie is subtle.
1: There's a personal thing here for me with that. I mean, that monologue is way too much and terrible. And, you know, you grow up till you get bigger kind of thing Mm -hmm. and and use violence. And yet there is a thing with boys. I remember quite vividly of a conversation. Um, My son is quite big um, for his age as far as length and tallness. He's
2: already taller than me, and I think he's like 11 or something.
1: But he's always been kind of small-framed and also... um, He's just sweet, generous, um, you know, uh, sentimental as a child. And there was a kid picking on my boy. And I looked him in his face. I got him away from his mother and said, Son, next time he looks at you, mash his nose all over his face. And there was this moment of joy all over him. And he did it. And it's never happened again. And there's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pacifist, you know. But there's, there's something, there, there's something very resonant in that particular moment. And that's
3: why I think that scene works so well. Yeah, exactly, it, it, succeeds, it does speak yeah. to, um, you know, I, I, I think part of the problem though is that he's right, and to some extent, in that moment, this this idea of you're going to have to bide your time till you can protect yourself from the world. Um, which I think is, again, a kind of a, a moment of subtlety and grace in this film that also still buys into the myth of redemptive violence, Correct. which is, again, a problem. Um, and I think that this film has a really complicated relationship with dads. Uh, there's a lot of father, there are several pairs of fathers and sons throughout this film. Uh, Anzor's uncle is the, the leader of the, the little Odessa, you know, um, oh God, I used to know this. Never mind. The Russian mob. I was going to call them by their proper name. Vor. Um, There we go. The Vore. The Vore. I I knew it. Ha ha. I got it. Um, So, you know, they have a father-son dynamic, even though he's his uncle. And then you've got and his stepson, uh, Oleg. And then you have Joey and his son. uh, And then you have the gangster that Joey works with and his dad. I mean, there's fathers and sons all over this fucking movie. And they all end up killing each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, And nobody is good. Nobody is special. And everyone's awful. Except kind of for Anzor at the end when he refuses to kill his stepson, uh, even though he knows it'll get him out of this. It's just so strange that the movie is morally misguided to the extent that the only good guy is the tweaker that punched his wife like 15 minutes into the movie. It's it's a strange film, but I, I do think it speaks to something interesting about what we perceive... Uh, in masculinity to to be okay Uh, because John Wayne is in this movie Uh, and John Wayne uh, spanked Margaret O'Hare one time on film. Um,
1: McClintock, check it out. I actually don't. You
3: like that movie though.
1: I have nostalgic reasons. I don't actually like it.
3: Gotcha. Um, and, And I think... Every, every male character in this movie it can stem back to John Wayne masculinity. Uh, and w- there are some, some noble and interesting things about that. Self-assuredness um, is a great character trait for anybody. Um, you know, do you, uh, unless you're an asshole, then maybe do somebody else. Like, be true to oneself to the extent that it doesn't hurt other people. Um, and I think there's something great about that. But you can't solve every problem in everyone's life by uh, beating up somebody with a shovel handle. Um, That's actually a a Clint Eastwood movie, but irrelevant. I I think this film does speak to white, uh, male American uh, daddy issues, specifically our issues with our collective dad, John Wayne, um, who is the guy that all of our granddads wished they were. Um, And and I, I think this film, although it has uh yet to sort through its daddy issues speaks to them in a way that is endlessly fascinating um and uh, i i think uh i would love to be the therapist uh of uh, wayne kramer and just uh talk to him a little bit more about his dad um and you know the just because it's on, on in the picture doesn't mean that's representative of his life at all but uh, i would definitely like to talk to the filmmaker a little bit about you, his thoughts on fatherhood uh and his thoughts on violence. Um, Because the film, I don't know if it's pro-violence or not, because it waffles so wildly between two extremes. Um, But anyway, I I know that was kind of all over the place, uh, but it is a weird, all-over-the-place movie, so I think it's okay.
1: I'm going to be uncomfortable again and say good observations, Dalton, but I'm I'm really done being nice to you. Are you sure? (laughs) you sure this is the last
3: time? I probably not. you said it was the last time last time Dustin. Yeah, it's fair
1: uh well done um oh gosh i did it again thank you very much for that mr dalton stewart miss alexander Bohannon. what do you have to say in terms of your analysis
2: this is gonna be this is gonna be tough guys because whenever i watched this movie 10 minutes in i knew what i was going to talk about and i was going to talk about gun control
1: you should have just turned it off and just did that
2: Right, but I love you all too much. So, whenever I realized I was doing this topic um, and we're recording on what is the worst, the day of the worst mass shooting in history, U.S. history, U.S. history, this is kind of troubling. um, And it's a little hard for me to get out, Um, but it does prove that this topic isn't going to go away and no matter how much we wish it would it's not and I apologize if I get emotional during this but this is a very um, emotional topic for me so in this film we see very early on that we have that whole gotta hide the gun because the boss mob bossy dude you know blah 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 um, what's the guy's name? Joey. Uh, yeah, Joey. Joey uh, then hides this gun in um an a conspicuous place, an inconspicuous place, so he thinks. Um, but it's definitely not secured in any way. So whenever he, his son and Oleg uh, witness um, the where the gun is being stored, they of course have access to it. You know, there are no. There is nothing to prevent someone once they have a gun that is loaded from them shooting it because I mean, that's, you know, background checks aside, ownership aside, anything aside, it is a piece of machinery. That's job is firing bullets. So whenever you pull out a gun and point it at someone and pull the trigger, that bullet is going to come out of the chamber and it may hit an intended target. And that's what happened in the case of Oleg with his father. Now, that shot didn't kill. It merely, I mean, it hurt him quite a bit. Um, but it just goes to show that I think the, the best thing that this movie shows is the, is the lack of regulation on guns in this country and how it is tearing our country apart. And how just simple, simple common sense measures to prevent tragedies like this from happening, whether it's a father, um, a son shooting a family member, which that happens very frequently, you know, children getting access to guns, um, you know, or rather, you know, domestic assault situations or um, situations in which people commit suicide via gun. Because I'm going to get real with you guys, because I think vulnerability is important. There was one day that I was so suicidal that if I had a gun, I would have killed myself. So, and and I'm lucky I didn't have a gun. One of my really good friends, she had a family member that wasn't that lucky. Mm. That family member had that gun and killed themselves. So I think that whenever we contemplate issues about gun safety and about regulations on on firearms, we have to remember the point of of gun ownership and the point of why these regulations exist. It isn't to take your guns away. It isn't Obama's going to take my guns away. Um, It is to keep people safe we can introduce common sense legislation that requires families to own, if you have a firearm, to have a gun safe, um, banning assault rifles, which most mass shootings are committed by assault rifles. You can check the stats on that. I don't have it right with me, but I think every mass shoot, the past four mass shootings, including Sandy Hook and this one in Orlando were committed by like automatic assault rifles that are not used for sport. Those are used for killing. I understand there are people that wish to use guns for recreational purposes and I wish that um, my feeling, personal feelings for guns and my distrust of guns aside I think that it is written in the Constitution Second Amendment right that you have the right to own a firearm. However you should also be prepared to m- create a, a, a world of safety for those around you and maybe that does infringe a bit on your rights to own a firearm under the second amendment but i think the good of the country they this country deserves better and it deserves better than being just owned by the nra like most members of congress who vote gun legislation down are owned by the nra so i urge you that if you own a firearm, and I know some people, some of our members of the Good Trash Genre cast and the Good Trash Media family own firearms, and that is perfectly fine because they use them recreationally and for sport and for hunting. That's great. But, and they use also have safety. Um, I know Dalton Stewart has a gun safe that has a, a, it's a big ass gun safe and he keeps his firearms away from everyone. Yep. And I know that Dustin Sells um, is very safe with his uh, guns. And I have family members that also teach uh, their sons and daughters how to use firearms safely, correctly. But not everyone is as lucky. Not everyone has family that will look out for them like that. And they will gain access to firearms and accidentally shoot people or purposefully shoot people or go on mass murder sprees like we've seen over and over in this country. So I urge you, and I think what the movie Running Scared is urging you is to consider is that we need to think about gun legislation in a way that isn't just thoughts and prayers, but something a little more, something that actually does something. And controlling, controlling the status of guns in this country is the only way that we as a society can better ourselves without being afraid to step out our front doors.
1: Thank you very much for that, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. And, um, I, I just, Thank I, you, you know, Alex. I want to speak to the moment I mean, because it is important, and it will, uh, in a moment, tie into my own analysis. Uh, but we, we have to consider the fact that um, this movie is about a thing that happens. I mean, today it happened. Today, you know, these sort of events do occur, and there is a need for responsibility. Um, as Alex mentioned, I am also a gun owner. Um, Dalton, hey, where are my guns at? Uh, they're in my safe, dog. They're all at, they're all at Dalton's house uh, because a situation arose in which I did not feel like it was at all safe, and I, I made sure that it didn't happen because that's what you do. Um, legislation that requires you know those sort of things I don't think infringes the Second Amendment, which we can all agree now is a stupid amendment. Yes, uh, because it it should be a privilege, not a right, because we don't need to defend I don't know from the redcoats with muskets anymore. Stupid. Anyway, moving on, uh, and this is from a man who happens to also be a lifetime member. Of the NRA, um,
2: you, and, uh, he's just a bag of interesting contradictions,
1: paradoxes, paradoxes. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, pub masters. Wow, well, I like Pop tarts. <laughs> what? I I really like to <laughs> I like to hunt a lot. Um, uh, man, and it really
3: speaks to the fucking moral confusion of this movie yeah, uh, because yeah. Oleg shooting Anzor is.
1: Like, it, it, the
3: movie can't decide what that means.
2: Yep, it sure can't. It well, can't
1: decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. Oh, I think the movie uh, basically suggests that the man needed killing. Well,
3: it does, but yeah. it also suggests that Anzor can be redeemed, because it does it at the end of the film, right. and it also suggests that this kid shouldn't have been poking around in Joey's Yes, shit. that
2: was the pr- prime tenet of why I think this movie is, you know, all about safe gun handling now i think it does imply as you said that he quote deserved it unquote and you know redemptive violence as we've just dis- as you all discussed before um but yeah there, hey, there's hey, just gotta be hey a Joey, way
3: if holding on to the guns uh, of gangsters you saw commit murders was your insurance plan i don't know maybe fucking get a safe dipshit don't just hide it in a crawl space in your basement and you dumb dumb. Like, what? That just doesn't narratively make sense. Yeah. He's a bad FBI agent
2: my i had a i have a friend in canada um and we were talking about gun stuff and you know uh, cuz oh remember uh, was it was one or two years ago that someone went to parliament and started shooting up a bunch of people or there there was something in They're vancouver in yeah, I remember yeah and, and everyone was just like holy shit i mean in and, Ottawa. yeah yeah and in in america we're like two people died oh you know, like very flippant about it. Um, because I mean their gun legislation is so surprising um for Canadians because they're restrictions on guns are just so interesting they have inspections if you have a firearm you have to have a permit obviously everyone gets a background check and you have to own a gun safe if you have a firearm that gun safe has to be on an exterior wall and it has to be have like a registered code everything has to be like filed through the government like i understand that there is some stuff about, you know, safety, um, not safety. There is some stuff about, you know, like security and, you know, when, when does the government come too close to your, you know, government regulations, states' rights, whatever, my rights, constitution, you know, Fox News talking points, whatever, I don't care. But, like, I think that anything, anything can just be better than what we have now, which is nothing.
1: Fair. All right. Well, thank you very, very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. And I do think this film is troubled because it does, in the end, sort of redeem the use of gun violence. It does. It does In, in, in a way, it does. Uh, uh reinforce oleg's decision even though it somehow tries re- rehabilitate anzor and so i must go backward in time to uh, theodore adorno and horkheimer and uh, their work on mass culture and uh, because this is this is this is what commercial cinema does and the reference to the cowboys and john wayne in general um i think are are, are definitely speaking to the issue the idea is that what mass culture tends to do And uh, O'Dorna would say it much stronger than this. But what mass culture does is reinforce the overwhelming ideology of the state and of the culture in which it is surrounded. And this film does exactly that. It does reinforce state power. What we have here is, as Dalton pointed out, a bad person with Joey. He's a bad cop. But he is a person out there, quote-unquote keeping us safe. He is one who's doing the job and doing what needs to be done and is heroic and triumphant in what he does and is is, is a better version of Shane uh, or um, John Wayne, uh, uh, his character from the Cowboys, uh, towards the end of the film, than Anzor, because he is the good guy with a gun. He is the good guy with power. He is the good guy who's defending the system. And what is the system that we're trying to defend that we are sort of being enamored with but because of his romantic it is capitalism by nature. That's why we have our MasterCard reference with uh, Nike bags and Semtex blocks and dead um, crooked cops. And that these things are what make commerce work. They're what make the money keep spinning uh, throughout you know, the economic system. And this film continues in that same vein by, again... You know, uh, making reference and indexing the John Wayne, and by using this terrible person, doing these terrible things, and then making him a cop, and then not only that, sort of the, 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 the mishandled ending where he should have died, um, not having him die. Spoilers. It's so fucking stupid. It's dumb. But you know why? Because we reward... All that goes well. He's 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 the one who's done the it right. Makes so thing. much more sense for him to die. Yeah, it absolutely makes it more sense for him to die. But we got to have a triumphant hero that we're dealing with, um, and so it, it you know it defends everything from American foreign policy to American gun policy to American capitalism to uh, you know just a general American uh, masculine social mores and the patriarchy. All of this sort of stuff, even though it's questioned at times and sort of done badly, because the film. Creates this character who does all these terrible things, but because he suffers in such a way for so long and for so much, and then is able to again to sort of achieve a victory over worse people. At the end, that therefore these guys are in fact the good guys, and we should all be continuing to support them. And this is exactly Adorno, and I say mostly Adorno. I think if you find an elegant sentiment, sentence in um, uh, the mass culture uh, essay, it's probably because it was Horkheimer. The rest of it's all Adorno. But um, <laughs> nonetheless. Um, that, that's why Adorno is suggesting that when you have this commercial product, when we're dealing with art, when we're dealing with something that is a consumer item rather than, you know, necessarily art for art's sake, so to speak. Um, and this film is absolutely not art for art's sake, even though it has sort of artistic ambitions. Um, it's mass produced art. And as a result, because of its factory nature, it represents um, and is a cookie cutter of the society from which it comes. And the ideology of that society.
2: Which is really damn fucking sad.
1: Alrighty, well, thank you very much for that analysis, folks. Uh, we have really, really appreciate that, dear listener. Um, I'm telling you, when we we mentioned this earlier, that the mission statement of this show is that there are theoretical conversations to be had in all of the movies, not just Citizen Kane. And this film, Citizen Kane, it ain't, but conversation it does have.
3: Although Citizen Kane might have been greatly improved by a showdown in a blacklit hockey uh, rink.
1: <laughs> Yes. Rosebud. Yeah, I'm really... And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he
3: slides yeah, across the ice on Rosebud with an Uzi.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm entirely done being nice adult now. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, for that. we got to move on, though, to the concluding part of our show, which I think is um, something of a moot point uh, in the first half of the question, but the second half of the question may or may not be interesting, and that is Shelf or Trash or Else or Instead with Paul Walker's Running Scared. Arthur Gordon, what do you say? Shelf trash, <laughs> else, or instead?
0: Trash. Uh, instead, uh, I suggest, in keeping in line with the fairy tale, you watch Hannah uh, from Joe Wright. Uh, you also watch uh, Ryan Gosling's directorial debut, uh, The Lost River, uh, which is crazy, absurd, and has that kind of black light, neon craziness going to it. Uh, and finally, to keep the uh, discussion in line with Alex, uh, I say this is a movie I have, I have watched, but I need to watch it, and that is Gus Van Zandt's Elephant, um, which I think might be pretty relevant to the conversation here.
3: Yeah, it's a complicated movie. Uh, my feelings on it are complicated, but I think it's essential. Um, I don't love it, but I think it's important.
1: Go on. What do you say? Shelf for trash, Elster for instead. Oh, I was talking about
3: Elephant. Uh, with this movie, yeah, I'll, I'll keep talking. Um... I'm going to trash it. Uh, I can't believe I'm trashing my own host pick. That's. I think that might be a first in the history of the Good Trash uh, media network uh, that somebody trashed their own host. Let me rephrase that. <clears throat> I think that might be a first in the history of the Good Trash genre cast that somebody trashed their own host pick, but there you have it. Um, Instead, I would recommend you watch movies, other movies I thought were dope when I was 15, um, (laughs) and I'm going to explicitly and specifically mention movies I still think are dope, uh, but really liked when I was 15. Army of Darkness, Pulp Fiction, The Matrix, Fight Club, um, Do the Right Thing, and Do the Right Thing is a good one to end on.
1: Okay, very good. Those are movies
3: I thought were hella cool when I was 15, and uh, I still like
1: yeah i think they do stand up unlike running scared so thank you very much for that mr dalton Stewart, ms alexander bohannon what do you say Show for trash else or instead
2: oh yeah trash i mean what <laughs> like just listen to her episode i think that's way more fruitful um and um yeah no um i would recommend for your else's um uh, A host pick of Dalton's that, after watching Running Scared, I like way more, The Raid Redemption, because that movie is really, really good action movie. You're welcome. With lots of non-sleepy time bullets, which I definitely appreciate. And um, we don't have questions about gun morality or redemptive violence.
3: It's a cohesive and focused narrative.
2: Yep. um, And it's stylized in a way that is interesting and not over the top. Um, I'll also give you two documentary recommendations. Of course, due to the topic of my discussion, I cannot not mention bowling for Columbine. Right. Um, and then I'll also recommend the 2015 uh, documentary, The Mask You Live In, which discusses toxic masculinity and how it, it relates to gun violence. Um, it is um, a documentary made by the same people who made the, the film, Misrepresentation, which is all about um, toxic, you know toxic femininity if that's really a thing i mean just um media and the cultural attempts to make women act in a certain way um but this one is about the masculinity kind of portion of that and um how we desperately need feminism and we need to acknowledge that men can have feelings and that's fine um because otherwise we
3: have dads like anzor who uh get way too into john wayne
1: and uh, (laughs) beat up the kids
2: yep um, but yeah, those are those are my suggestions for pairings instead of this film.
1: Ex- excellent, excellent, Thank you very much for that. I am also going to say trash. I'm shocking no one. What? Um, yeah, I don't. Trash is actually too good for this. Um, but we'll not get into all of that at this point. What?
3: Poor Chaz Palmenteri. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor Fear of Amiga.
1: Yes, uh, more Vera Flaminga. Oh, Uh, yeah. How about another, I don't know, undercover cop story like The Departed? Watch that. uh, Oh, yeah, hello. Because, you know, it's good, and this isn't. Um, Also, like stylistic and stylish action film, watch The Rundown. It's got The Rock, and he's got Charisma for Days. Oh, you mean Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock, Johnson, Johnson? Dwayne The Rock, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne.
2: Yes, I'm so glad you said that.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's all because of you alex
2: i know it's so fun to do <laughs>
1: that's very very funny um so yeah check that out also if you're interested in like watching an item being passed around and see the lives of those who pass it around you want to see 1993s 20 bucks and uh which is about a 20 dollar bill
3: i didn't i want to see this now that's not what i thought you were going to say and now i can't remember what i thought you were going to say no
1: oh, i was gonna say 20 bucks
3: well that's Would well, tell me more about it
1: uh 20 bucks is it, where's it from uh ninety ninety three, It's an American film. It is a movie I saw on HBO when I was like a fourteen. Um, haven't seen it since. Uh, but, but you thought it was
3: really dope I when you it was were really fourteen. Fun. Yeah, yeah,
1: like prostitutes and drug dealers and you know people at the convenience store and you know everything. Which this movie has a little bit of that going oh. on, and it would have been more interesting. If- I, I thought maybe that was going to happen, but it didn't. It's too bad. Therefore, bad. So uh, check those things out, and I think you'll have a better time. Also, never watch Running Scared, ever. Pretend like it doesn't exist. Get amnesia regarding that film.
3: Um, It's kind of amazing when a film has got so much like morally like weird and complicated stuff in it that we didn't even get around to talking about the casual misogyny
1: yes okay so there you go you know where we're coming from with regard to this particular film we come now at the end of our show and we must now consult the ab 1700 hundred. Seventeen 17000000000 17 billion 17 what is it 17 uh,
2: 11 another. 11 to o'clock
1: 11 to o'clock <laughs> uh the ab 1700 randomizer and pick out another film for next week Okay. <sharp inhale> That's right, dear listener, and next week's film is A Little Rage in the Cage for you all. It's Nicolas Cage in Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> yes!
2: Yes! I'm so ready for this movie.
1: It's fun, and uh, we'll have a good time doing the analysis of that particular film. And we had a good time doing... <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: writer Donnie. Donnie. That low rider
2: that's one of the few i remember watching this on vhs and i watched it a lot i don't know why but i did oh my gosh there's there's some reason that must have had an impact on me uh
3: sexy angelina jolie there is that yes robert duvall
2: yes and christopher eccleston there's so many people in this movie
1: giovanni ribisi
3: oh giovanni ribisi
1: he's good will Patton. Well, we're going to move on like a streamlined butterfly, though, and say this to you all, (laughs) dear listener, um, that what we're going to do here on this show is have a conversation about the movies because the movies are so much more than 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. In this case, it was a terrible trudge of 120 minutes, and I had no popcorn, and so I was sad on all fronts. But yet the conversation is what makes it worthwhile. I'm glad I had this conversation. I'm glad to have had it with my co-host. I'm glad to have shared it with you all. Watch a movie, have a conversation, because that's what makes it all worthwhile while and we'll see you next time
0: the good trash genre cast is produced and edited by arthur gordon direction by dustin Sells, social media by alexandra bohannon caleb masters and dalton stewart our intro and outro is night call by kavinsky and love Fox. we are also proud to feature music from deer tick this week on the program for more information on this episode of the good trash genre cast as well as the rest of the good trash media family please visit goodtrashmedia.com.